Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How is your Monday? Uh, wonderful, Dennis. How is life in the, the traveling business? Pretty good. Or, pretty good. I'm yeah. still at the same place I was last week. I think I explained that all last week. I'm moving less often now than uh, than I was last uh, spring. I guess you, you make it through this whole daylight savings time thing. I did, yeah, pretty uh, pretty uneventful. I mean, it was a Sunday. Um, I did wake up and go, hmm, it seems earlier than it should be. <laughs> Shelly, there was it last night or this morning was something. It was this morning, and she was like, "It's for some reason it's lighter outside." I was like, "Oh, of course it is," and she's like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I said that out loud." <laughs> uh, I mean, I had I had similar the same thing. Was uh, I've been playing Overwatch a lot lately, and I was playing, and it was it was um, c- kind of late when I started. And then I look at the the clock, and it's like only one o'clock. I'm like, this is this is great. It feels like I've been playing forever, and no big deal. And then that's of course I realized that it's one o'clock in the morning. Should have been two in the morning. Um, yeah, so. I've I've been. Uh... Completely steered clear of Overwatch. I think we talked about that, but yeah. uh, I've been, I've been falling off the wagon lately of uh, of a game I like to call Factorio. Are you playing that again? Yeah, it's the perfect like. Oh, I'm a little restless. I'm a little bored. There's some things that I should do that I want to do, but I'm I want to, you know, shirk those responsibilities for a little <laughs> while, and I'll sit down. I've started doing something a little better where when i fire up that game i start a timer on my phone um, oh that's smart okay yeah of like of like hey beep at me in an hour you, you've now, got your think, own parental controls going on yeah yeah i think yesterday i hit repeat on that timer once snooze <laughs> i was like, I was like okay <laughs> okay two hours is still okay because it's it's just one of those games where like the the list of tasks to do is is just endless and uh mm-hmm. yeah i mean that, that's yeah. that's the same thing reason the same why reason or whatever i've been playing overwatch too is it's just that like i i tried playing this last week tried to play a couple of different games like oh you know what i really need to i was in the middle of playing um shadows of war you know really heavily and then i just stopped and i need to, i need to get right back in that and knock that through because i started realizing i need to my backlog obviously is always of these like story ish games are, are lo- always long. Um, of course, yeah. but I had forgotten that I wanted to really, really play last of us Two, which is like a decade old already or something like that. It's, it's a long time. <laughs> and, um, so I'm like, well, I got to finish this one. But anyway, I, I play them for just a couple minutes and then I, it's gotta be like the ADHD, something in my brain just hits and I'm like, Nope, want to do something else. And then I put, but overwatch is that it's that, like almost like my mind can zone out and still enjoy that serotonin somehow hit. Um, even if I'm losing, um, which, which it has, it has the problem of if I lose, then I can just play one more. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. one more, I'll get, I'll get a better team this next time. And then when I do win, it's like, Oh, that that's good. That's awesome. That was fun. Let's do that again. And then you lose. And then it's just this endless, terrible cycle. Um, but it, it it's fun. It's fine. I'm ashamed to admit that I've almost finished the battle pass with thir- with thirty days left, which is stupid that I would 
that I would even be able to finish it, let alone with all these days left. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, it's just it's just embarrassing. I need I need to, to be playing other games. But anyway, um, so yeah, it, th- that's that's been fun. Um, I, I had another old game that was I think a PlayStation three or four game. It was definitely a four game um, called Transformers Devastation. You can't buy it or get anywhere now. Um, but it's an, a really excellent Transformers game. Um, and, but it's very dark souls ish, meaning that Hmm. like, it's like several bosses, you know, with just little bits in between the bosses and the bosses are very hard and you have to like do everything just right. Um, right. But, but the, the, the flip side of it, and I don't know what dark Souls game, but this transformers one is like, they actually nailed the gameplay for transformers. Like the moving between cars and attacking and fighting and doing the special moves and stuff feels very natural and very good. It's like, man, they really nailed this game, but they just decided to make it really hard. Um, so it's sure. fun, but you're you're doing Dark Souls stuff where you're beating your head against the wall until you get it just perfect on every boss. So I didn't get to play much of that one um, because, again, I go back to Overwatch. Anyway, I, hey, we got to watch something surprisingly, I want to say good, this weekend or this week, which <laughs> if you want to talk about, uh, our buddy Trotsky, um, has always been a big weird Al Yankovic fan since he was young. And, um, so he was looking forward to the, the weird Al Yankovic story called weird, the Al Yankovic story. It was coming yep. out on Roku and he was like midnight release. Let's all watch. It's just so, so <laughs> dumb of all the things to get everybody. And he got us together to watch the weird Al show. And you were there. Yeah. I was there. Yeah, it was, was there. it was like the old uh, movie nights we used to do. <laughs> right. Um, and it was uh, just a spur of the moment type thing. Like at 10 o'clock, I think he was like, hey, we're doing this. And I was like, oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, that was, um, boy, this, uh, you know, this, this movie is based on, I guess, a funnier die sketch. And so mm-hmm. there's a good chance, like, if you watch a trailer or if you've seen that sketch, you'll have some idea of what you're going into. And I assume that, you know, in the world where people are aware of Weird Al Yankovic news, uh, people already know about this. But I'm going to hit the bell anyway. <laughs> uh, because this is a movie, at least for us, our experience was um, no no expectations, except that we knew... This is a, a a biopic, a you know, sort of dramatized documentary about Weird Al Yankovic, uh, starring Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter. Yeah, I, and, I thought I thought that this and was of course, be knowing, a show, like a movie, like an actual like a biopic of him. Yeah, and it's um, if you know much of anything about Weird Al Yankovic, which I don't know who really does, because. <laughs> Um, I've seen him live once mm-hmm. and I remember years ago, like 20 plus years ago, watching a, a more like serious seeming documentary on TV Yeah, about him. And it still was like, you're watching it and you're like, what? Like he's getting advice from his from his grandpa who is a, <laughs> a old i think old black man named blind lemon yankovic <laughs> uh 
Um, and you know, they're interviewing the parents and the parents are like, Oh, we thought sure he'd have gotten a real job by now and stuff. And you're like, this can't be, this can't be real. Like this has to be at least a little bit, um, you know, fabricated. And this movie was that from start to finish from start. Right. It's like, it's like, we're going to take bits and pieces. And I watched an interview on, um, Seth Meyers with, uh, um, El Yankovic and Daniel Radcliffe. And he said, part of what's funny about this project is that there are nuggets of truth in the story, but it's all so, uh, um, fantastical that you, you would never like, if you didn't know otherwise, how would you pick what elements of the story are real and what are just complete, you know? (laughs) nonsense fabrication what you mean you mean he didn't date madonna for the longest time so she could right right make, have him make, make a song parody of her albums no yeah, yeah yeah did you um i think i mentioned this while we were watching it over discord but um did you spot al yankovic's character uh yeah the 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 actual like business Guy, the, the, the music the, business the, guy. the music exec he kind of without his signature hair he looks a little bit like um uh bruce campbell sure yeah right yeah that that, um, that that was funny that he was you know you know why they call it a music business because it's a business it's like, mm-hmm. i mean the show was just it's intentionally what's well, just like his music um so absurd that it's intentionally absurd that skyrockets into the best levels of bad movies. Like again, not bad movie. It's a terrible thing to even call it a bad movie because it's a great movie, but it's great because it's intentionally bad. Mm-hmm. You, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, like you said, they, w- w- the thing about, I think it was you or somebody said it, it just randomly, it'll switch genres in the middle of the thing. And all of a sudden he's in Vietnam and it's a big action movie as he's running through the the jungle. And you're like, what am I, I several times I was like, what am I watching here? What? And I, I even lost track of what story they were trying to tell at all, which when I had, if I had to ask what story are they trying to tell? I missed the point, right? They're, they're not trying yeah. to tell any story yeah. at all. It's no. just minute to minute weird Al's brain, you know, going through somebody's life, I guess. But Daniel Radcliffe was by far the star. And I don't mean that just because he was the main character. Like, that guy nailed every bit of that that movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would not. Obviously, we've seen Daniel Radcliffe do other characters. I don't Lots think I've seen things, him. Yeah. I don't think I've seen him too often. But he's definitely one of those like uh, Robert Pattinson is doing now, where um, instead of just accepting the fact that they're role locked into this iconic character. Um, they instead pick and choose some of the most bizarre random projects that you've ever seen and then, you know, shine in those roles. Yeah. Um, I think I've seen Pattinson, more of those Pattinson projects than, than Daniel Radcliffe projects. But I know when I look at other stuff that he's done, um, just posters and things that I haven't actually seen, like he did a TV show with, um, with John Hamm, where they're like period doctors of some kind, <laughs> and um, just a bunch of projects like that. And he really just sort of disappears into this character. 
of of Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah, the uh, Daniel Radcliffe. I mean, we got to remember that when we we saw him in Deathly Hollows, he was like still a young actor. Like he was, I, I don't True. have it in front of me, but but I, I'm guessing he was early twenties at most when the last movie hit. Um, and he was obviously twelve when the first one started. So hmm. he, you know, he was just kind of getting into where like real actors become start in the business when we saw him True. at his at what they said his peak not his peak that's a bad word to say at his the, the his first height i guess right um so now when when you see daniel radcliffe he actually wants to be an actor he like studies it and it's his profession now right and he's good like he's doing like characters and and actually acting instead of probably being just like daniel radcliffe as a boy and you know and in, in, as harry potter uh so I, I he's pretty good i like and i like him in a lot of the things he's doing and you can tell that he's you know he's doing a really good job especially with this this weird owl like he's totally not not harry potter in any of his movies i guess what i'm trying to say yeah um, no yeah he's he's not that shy boy or you know that kind of a thing he's just a totally different every one of his pieces are a, a character that he plays for sure um I'm yeah, like, the like only thing the only thing I wasn't sure about was whether he was singing and they didn't address that in the interview. But mm. when he sings, because this movie is a musical, if you're yeah. still listening and sort of getting spoiled on it. But I don't know. <laughs> um, it sounds just like Weird Al singing. So it's right. either he's either doing that really well or it's dubbed over. Well, I know. The the interview there was an interview that was somebody posted on here. He he on a late night interview. He had learned some songs on the um, on the accordion on the accordion, but they weren't they were they told him not to play it. Like he was actually just faking that. So maybe if you know they did the same thing for the for the music part. It's like just just pretend you're lip syncing or or whatever instead of him doing it. But yeah, that's a good question. Uh, either way, it's a it was a fantastic show. Um, and clearly from the mind of Weird Al, like if you've seen any of his videos or things like that, you know that he's just absurd in every little thing. And this is what, 90 minutes or something, or an hour and 40 minutes of, of just him, which was great. It's, I told, I told Sydney because I really want to watch it with her. I said, it's, you know, you, you give a, a, a bunch of money to a comedian, a jokester, and you say, make a story about your life and we're not going to like oversee any of it. This is what you get. Like, that's excellent. You know, they they should do that more often with comedians. <laughs> yeah. And we just get, you know, make up funny times of their life. So, yeah, th- thumbs up for me. Who who should watch it, everybody? Um, it's best with a few uh, drinks underneath your belt, probably, I would guess. <laughs> to, just to loosen you up. Don't take anything seriously. Um, and it's definitely one that you could watch and take a break and come back later and watch the rest of it later and then have it on in the background or something. So I see it's getting much more play for me in the future. Yeah. Yeah. I'm planning to, um, if they don't watch it before then show it to some of my brothers and family, uh, around the holidays. Oh, I bet you they'd love it. I think, I think this is a good one for a holiday one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because we had, um, I had the CD of bad hair day, bad hair day. And, Maybe also, oh, 
running with scissors. I think <laughs> Bad Hair Day is the one with um, with Amish Paradise, and it's mm. my favorite. Running with scissors is the one with uh, um, the saga begins. Is that what it's called? It's the um, uh, it's Don McLean's uh, American Pie, right? Um, oh yeah, the day the music died. Uh, but the lyrics are about the Phantom Menace. Oh the yeah, Star I remember that. Yeah, sure. Um, and, and hey there, Anakin guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those, especially Bad Hair Day, get a lot of pl- got a lot of play when I was a teen, a kid, a teen, like late middle school and high school age. I played and listened to it a lot, and so most of my family know. Amish paradise. We also lived in Amish country for 20 years or they did. Um, and so there are still like lyrics to that song that are now in, um, in the family lexicon, like quotes from, from Mr. Mom. My dad will still sometimes say, you know, we got to get medieval on something like if we need to do some yeah. dishes or, or clean up some stuff. We got to get medieval on that whatever which is get medieval on your hiney from right. <laughs> from That's amish right. paradise the, the um, uh one of my favorite lines from this movie was given by weird al, al himself as the as the business um i don't know it's like he's a corporate music executive yeah and he's like he looks at him at daniel radcliffe playing himself saying he says why why would anyone pay money for a parody of a song that they can just pay full price for themselves for the original song. Nobody will do that. And the other guy's like, nobody mm-hmm. will. Nobody. He's like, I'll show you. It's just so, he's like knocking himself and just, I laugh so hard. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, so yeah, big, good show. Thumbs up. Weird Al. If you haven't seen it, you got to get it on Roku, which is, was a weird thing. So we shared it while watching it with, with our buddy Mike, uh, who has it. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, but it's and I don't know. Is it? I don't know, even know what Roku TV like. How you get a subscription? Do you have to get like have a Roku or something? I'm not really sure how that works. I don't really know. No, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how I would have watched this other. <laughs> Maybe you can rent it soon on on a thing. Sure, or yeah. it'll come out on Netflix after a certain amount of time. Who who knows? Um, but yeah, th- thumbs up. Uh, I saw. I don't want to talk about this. I already talked about this review, but I watched Black Adam again this weekend, and that sounds weird because I I did not give it a real big, glowing review. Uh, but I but I hadn't seen Sid and I hadn't watched a movie in a while, and uh, I had watched that when I went out to L.A. by myself, and mm-hmm. she hadn't seen super a lot of superhero movies in a while. So we I decided let's go out to the theater, and we, I took her out to go watch it this weekend, and she really liked it, um, like really liked it, and. Mm-hmm. As I was driving home and listening to her talk about it, I realized my, my review of it that it was like too kitty. It was too, like it was mm, young sure. and stuff. And then I, I, it dawned on me that it's exactly like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie was when I was a kid, like the live action. Uh, one. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. it's not great. It's about no. turtles and stuff, and it, they they say goofy lines and quote pizza things, and there's kids in it, and but it was really great, right? Like I really loved it. And it's a classic that I watch all the time. But it's not a good movie. It's for no. the people who they made it for, right? The kids. 
Right. And when I realized that, I said, oh, yeah, Black Adam is exactly that. It's four 12-year-old boys, mostly. And that's it. I um, used that TMNT movie as an example for years because, um, and I'm, I've probably mentioned this on the podcast before, uh, when I was a kid, we weren't allowed to watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It was for any variety of reasons. They were mutants. Okay. They lived in the sewer. There's a lot of violence. <laughs> uh, it also, I think... They were rebellious. That, that was probably a big one, too. Glorifies rebellious teen uh, behavior, even though the real rebellious teens were the bad kids. They rode around on skateboards and hung out skateboards. with Skateboards. Discount Darth Vader. But, uh, yeah, I saw that movie for the first time in college. <laughs> and... All of my friends who were about my age, maybe a year or two younger, had all seen it when they were like eight yeah. or whatever. And they're like, oh, man, this is so great remembering that. And I'm I'm in the back of the room like, you guys, this movie sucks. It's terrible. Like, yeah. They're like, shut up, man. It's great. And uh, and yeah. And then when when Shredder shows up on screen, I was like, man, you guys didn't tell me Darth Vader is in this. And they're like, <laughs> shut up, shut up. Shut and up. then. He's he's talking to all the hooligan kids with their skateboards, and he's like, "We're a family, and I am your father." And I'm just cracking up. My friends are yelling at me. <laughs> That's great. Ugh. Yeah, it's it's just like that. It's just that it's hokey and corny and not. I mean, it's. I think they were serious when they wrote it, but I think they seriously wrote it for that audience. And you know, I just got to shake my head sometimes, not in a bad way, but like shake it as if I'm waking up and. You know, say like, no, you know mm. what? Not everything is made for 40 plus year old dudes, you know. Um, n- no, it's just dumb to, to think that. And it's, it's okay to have these kind of things. And I'm wondering if uh, DC is hard go because, that way. because most things for the last like 20 years have been made for us. Yes, correct. Right. Correct. <laughs> right. Because they realize that we have a lot of money that we will give to them if they. You know, the, the, they used to say 18 to 24 was the disposable, in, disposable income. And, and now that's, you know, you know, we're, we we're all the way up to 40 plus um, that to spend our money on, on useless right. stuff. Uh, that kind of runs into another thing. So James Gunn was recently, I don't know if you heard this, was recently uh, tapped by Warner Brothers to lead DC into the future. Um, did you hear about that? Who's that? James Gunn is the guy that, that James directed. Gunn. Okay. Your, yeah. your audio cut out. I just couldn't oh, hear the name. Uh, yeah. He directed uh, Guardians I, of the Galaxy heard... and Suicide Squad. and Yeah. Yeah. James Gunn. Um, I heard a little bit of that, but I don't know um, all the details. Yeah. I mean, I don't know all the things that j- except that he's excited about it. He did do Suicide Squad um, and he's, you know, or is it the Suicide Squad? And, right. um, you know, he, he turned around Guardians of the Galaxy. He does this thing where he'll take unknown properties and then totally, like, change them around and make them a little bit more lighthearted. Because Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy, for example, was not necessarily a lighthearted thing before. Um, and he kind of changed them to be that way. And now they are, of course. They've changed to be to fit his thing. Um, so I don't know what he's going to do at DC. He did... He did post a tweet out saying that he is busy at work on making the biggest, most expansive story told in movies. So he's, he's planning, he's clearly planning on, and it's not a secret, like 
doing an, an Avengers Endgame type thing where it's like 10 years with stories mm-hmm. that are all interconnected, playing one story. Um, so I think he's jazzed to be in charge of all that for, for DC. Um, I know. And they've, and they've rehired Superman with Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill, yeah. Yeah, so they're, he's going to have something to do with it. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of big news. But I, I have a feeling that they're going to go with the, the route that like Shazam is. Um, Shazam and this Black Adam, where it's, it's all for younger stuff, which again is pretty cool. It's, that's, that's great. Like Marvel's got its more serious grown up y themes. And Marvel comic books has always kind of been that way too. When you compared the two all the way back in the sixties, where Marvel tackled modern issues and had modern problems, whereas DC was, you know, bat bang zap kapow type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if they have James Gunn and they, and they just like decide that they're going to do this big story thing and it's going to trend towards the younger audiences, that's cool. I think that's a good way to, to separate the two superhero brands and make them like, this is a young family oriented stuff and this is a 20 plus type yeah the the weird the weird thing to me about that i've several thoughts as you were as you were running Mm -hmm. through that um if that's true for dc i hope that means that marvel will start telling more mature stories um sure it's it's all been you know while there are definitely highlights a lot of it is very um kind of play it safe kind of family friendly yeah i'm with um, you i'm with you kind of stuff i would like to see more a little more deadpool kind of stuff my 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 hesitation or not hesitation my whatever you know uh, hot take first thought whatever is that james gunn outside of uh you know supposedly kevin feige's uh uh reigning reigns leash mm-hmm. um does not make family young people kind of content right like sure yeah yeah sure these the suicide squad was even more grim not even not even grim but like you know kind of cartoonishly violent than um than the original one than the first one then suicide squad yeah. oh yeah yeah i don't I don't know which is first, the or not the. I think <laughs> yeah, one of the I think the, one, right? the not the was first and the was second. Um right. and I don't remember how involved he was with uh Peacemaker, a show that I really liked oh, right. but is definitely not kid friendly at all. Um and so I don't know if that's I mean, that's cool. If he is, I would definitely like to see uh, DC movies um, be more fun. Uh, I would think, you know, the Justice League movie was a mess because Joss Whedon and, and Zack Snyder have completely different tones and styles. And I know Joss yeah. Whedon is canceled now. But the Joss Whedon parts of that movie were, to me, some of the better parts. Now, they were Joss Whedon-y, samey, real quippy, yeah, back-and-forth sure. dialogue. Um but I don't know. That to me is is more fun in a Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, you know, Aquaman, yeah. dude, bro, kind I, of. I I agree with that. I, I think DC can be, and I saw it growing up as more like. I mean, it's different. I, when I grew up in the eighties, you know, there was like Super Friends, 
and it was uh you know the wonder twin powers and things like wonder that twin powers aquaman with his talking to animal to fish and things um flying so on the, on the flying fish right whereas in in the marvel world at that time you you had darker things and you know wolverine was still getting big at the early 90s late 80s and mm. so th- they were always you know and then chris claremont which he has you know the the x-men and uh their runs um so you know it's a, they were just always quote-unquote mature that's why i say also with marvel they have x-men coming out and x-men has always been a very heavy politically kind of charged um uh topic or World. genre i should say sure so Seriously. so they could go more mature with that stuff and let let the the kid stuff go with DC but it, you know it is also Disney so that's true true it's, it's hard it's hard to think that Disney would would want to go like all old man logan on things um but Disney no, is going to do whatever makes Disney money whatever makes Disney money exactly um they'll so have yeah. i mean they'll they'll keep stuff separate right like um yeah, right. They could go Hulu uh, or t- t- Touchstone or or um, 20th Century, whatever they're Yeah, and, but they, they've got like now. when it's part of Disney Plus and it's one of the like what four boxes at the top and on, on you know, they've got Marvel, Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, they, and... they don't seem to be separating Marvel from the D- from the Disney like brand brand area. Right. Yes. Yeah. So, you it's know, Marvel, Star Wars, Pixar, Disney all together right. in the same well, well right now it's dc has to do something to change marvel it you know i'm sure marvel doesn't feel like it has to change any way it's doing anything right now um and t- instead of, until you know dc challenges them on that kind of stuff so i don't know it's just a, i hope it's a good thing um zack snyder was kind of a darker serious kind of tone with his name of course they called it the murder verse but whatever this i think that's over dramatized um but he he was more serious, and I think what he did was, you know, when people are a fan of Batman, and you have Batman in a thing, and you're always like, it's got to, everybody's got it. Batman's so dour and and you know dire with everything he does, and um, they try to make the entire DC like that. You know, they they miss the point of what Batman is. He's totally different than everybody else in DC. Um, mm, and, and trying to make Superman that way, Wonder Woman that way, Aquaman that way, and you're like. Okay, you're, you're, you let them be them, and then you know. But that's DC's always had that problem of you know trying to make the the big movie before they make the little movies. Um, mm. Anyway, right. hopefully yeah, James Gunn does does good, and it, we always say that the, you know these big expansive franchises need a a guiding a, an official word czar type person, and they've they've sure. named him that. So cool on that front. Uh, but anyway, so we watched I, that. Going back to it, I watched Black Adam again, and um, mm-hmm. Sid, Sid Sid liked it, and I and I thought it was worth commenting on that that she's a teenager, she's sixteen years old, so she's much more closer to the source material, and she really enjoyed it. Like all the way through, she enjoyed it. Like liked the ending, liked all the stuff. Didn't mind any of the things, and I didn't discourage her from any of that. You know, I was like, oh, that's good. You know, um, it just helped me check, kind of check myself. You know, that like, oh, you know, it's it's okay to somebody else to like a thing. Um, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure what kind of uh geek dad you are. If you don't force your own tastes on your progeny. That <laughs> right. Right. Required. Uh, yeah. I know whatever gets her to, to go to the movie theaters and enjoy that kind of stuff. And then I'm, I'm, I'm with it. 
Uh, I watched another one that I won't talk more. I've already talked long, too long about Black Adam, but the other one I watched this weekend was um, I watched the old RoboCop movie. It's not old one, but like the the newer one. I think 2016 or 14 or something like that that I, I totally didn't have watch never before. seen a RoboCop movie. I would say if you want to watch a RoboCop, you can watch this one, um, and and just I pass we, pass on the old one. We started watching the original one movie night like. After our first movie, we started this second movie, but like everybody was talking. I think we started playing a game on BGA or something. Yeah, sure. I believe that. Yeah. I couldn't pay attention to it. No, it's, uh, um, and I'm sure people yell at me about this, but, uh, uh, it's not great. Like the, the original Robocop is not a good movie. Um, Hmm. all of it is bad acting, bad script writing, bad directing. It's all bad. The only thing that's cool about the Robocop movies, he looks cool. His gun looks mm. cool. Like and the big sure. robot um like Ed two oh nine machines are they look cool. Um so this one uh the the thing key I wanted to take out this one, Ed from um For All Mankind. Um he's mm-hmm. also Jack or major flag from the Suicide Squad. He's he's Robocop. Um can't right his name is escaping me right now. Um but he that that actor plays RoboCop, and I was like, oh, that made it a lot easier for me to to like the main character. And it's the same story, <laughs> so I mean, just they just sure. change it slightly uh, to be a little bit more modern, futuristic. Um, okay. But if you ever wanted to say, hey, what's this RoboCop thing for? You know, you can sit down with this one. It's not it's not deep. You know, every plot point that's going to happen. You know, from the beginning, he's a cyborg. You know, and from mm-hmm. the first opening credit or scene, you can be like. Oh, I know every beat of this movie what's going to happen, and you're not wrong. Probably, just, yeah. I don't know about like pop culture and everything. I'm sure that you know there's some like maybe not Jules Verne, but like a like a uh, Philip K. Dick or something story further back. But at least in my chronology, probably the first encounter I had with the idea of a cyborg. Um. Maybe I remember seeing some, what, like an Easter cartoon or something about a guy who had, you know, robot arms or something like that. But I think I heard about this movie before I saw Star Wars. Oh, yeah. And I remember other kids at recess when I was in, when I was, when I went to school. um, And it would have been like either kindergarten, first or second grade. And the other kids playing playing RoboCop, right? Like one was RoboCop and the others were the auto police. And <laughs> some of them were the bad guys. I don't know what the bad guys are in that franchise. Sure. Um, but they would talk about RoboCop, how he was part man, part machine. They're yeah. Like, I mean, that that's the cool part about it. I mean, it, that's the whole thing. It's just, it's, it's not too deep. He's a cop that died and was framed. What's the trailer saying? Like, he was murdered by dirty cops and by corporate greed or something. And oh, I mean, at the, they at turn the very him least, into a robot cop. That that movie is after Six Million Dollar Man, which yeah, yeah also, there you go. Sure. I also didn't see, so I but I so I'm like, obviously, this is not the first, but for me, I think was yeah. probably the youngest I was when I heard of this concept. Sure. Well, the, this, uh, you know, they do a little bit in here where they talk about. In a, in a nice few lines that were pretty well written, talking about what, what is it that makes us human? 
you know, you get your legs blown off and you've got robot legs. We have those now, right? Like they're robot legs that walk. Um, right. Are are you not human anymore? Okay, let's take off your, your arms. Are you not human anymore? Well, no, we have people without arms and legs. You know, we have people without the bottom half of their their chest cavity, right? Are, are, are those humans? Sure, we still consider them humans. So, and this one, he just has lungs and his brain. And it's like his brain stamina in his face and maybe like a hand or think, I think of something. Okay. Um, and, and they specifically say when they go through that, they're, they're trying to sell it. It's like a marketing piece. They're selling it to the, to the Americans. Right. And, mm. and there's, they say like, you know, you know, people have prosthetics all the time. What makes you, you is your brain. And I thought, man, if it came down to it, I think you could replace everything on somebody and still call them the person as long as they had the brain. Um, right. That, that was, that, that was a, a little, in this show, it's, which is not all that deep, it's was Brandon a, Fraser nice in um, in Doom Patrol. In Doom Patrol, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's uh, it, it was fun, and it, I will say the thing about it is that uh, it does the the cool all the cool stuff that the original did. Like he's cool, his guns cool, he fights crime cool, and he fights other big huge robots that are cool. So right. Um, but yeah, that that was that was fun, um, but not because it was good or or bad. It just it was RoboCop. Just the exact same thing that you, that you said. Right, right. Uh, so, okay, moving on. Um, hey, real quick. I was going to go into our our uh, our movie, but since we're talking about quick topics, I know you watched a couple episodes of a show called The Peripheral. I saw a ton of advertisements yeah, this for is, Can you talk um, about that? This is on Amazon Prime. Um, it's funny that you mentioned what makes somebody a human and uh mm-hmm. and amputees um this is so this is a story this is a series that i started watching knowing nothing yeah. uh i saw i saw the, the trailer yeah i don't know if i even watched the trailer i okay. saw the cover i saw the poster for it i saw that uh um, chloe grace moretz is in it and i was like she's cute i'm gonna check this out mm-hmm. it's all the and and I knew I could tell from the from the art and maybe a little bit of the blurb, which still doesn't really tell you much, that it was going to be some kind of sci-fi, maybe dystopian thing. And I was like, that's enough for me to try this. Sure. Um, it is um, a story about a, a story of a girl. Cry to River and Drown the Whole World. No. Um, it is a story of a girl. Yep, yep. Uh, it's a girl and her brother who live in the mountains, uh, the Appalachian mountains, I think North Carolina, they eventually say specifically. Um, and it's 2032, It's in the future, but not far enough in the future that like everything has changed. Like the cars are all normal still. Okay. Um, there are more electric cars, but not a lot more because they're still living like up in the mountains where people have old cars. Uh, she and her brother don't have a car, but she has a um, an e-bike that they take turns they use to get back into town. Um, and um, why say that doesn't? I mean, you figure this out pretty early on. Uh, but, um, her brother, uh, spends a lot of time playing VR games. The VR tech is somewhere around the same 
tech level as Ready Player One. Um, okay. So it's fairly immersive. Um, um, her brother plays these Sims, these VR, they call them Sims, VR games um, for money, for a little bit of money. He like carries people through missions and gets them to certain levels and stuff, just like people do with video games now. Right. Um, and his sister is better at it than him, but doesn't like to play. Like she's sworn it off for reasons they don't really explain. Okay. And their mom is sick and she's dying. So they're real hard up. They're broke. Um, and this is their setup. And in the pilot, um, he gets a new headset. Doesn't know how it works or who made it, but some company found him for having reached a certain rank, which was a rank he reached while she was playing his character for some reason. And they want him to test it. And so they let her test it. And you find out either in the first episode or the second episode um, that when she puts the headset on, she's not in a game. She's in the future. In the future. Okay. In the future. And um, she's in an Android body that they call a peripheral. Okay. And that's the, and that's the, the name of the show. Um, and then, you know, it's all kind of mystery from there. You see the people in the future, they're like 2099, I think. So they're a okay. little ways in the future. Something has happened. Um, the world looks different. Um, there are still people. They still look like people, but you're like, <laughs> something has happened. They're post some kind of apocalypse in the next 60, 70 years in the timeline of the story. It might be like 2032, so it's like 70 years. Okay. Um, and, yeah, and then it's just a lot of um, different characters, different secrets, and who knows what, and try to figure out um, what's going on. All with the relationships involved, there's a lot of tension between the brother and sister um he's a veteran so he has a lot of the baggage that comes along with that um and yeah yeah does does i'm uh, enjoying it does, so far does he like the brother also like go into the future when with the helmet on and things like that he wants to but the people in the future want her because she's better at this than him and you also find out that um the brother and his um his buddies who came back from whatever war with him um have some kind of like implants and augments that they can connect to each other as part of their like military um not even really training doesn't seem like the right word for it, but like they were recruited and put through this program um, that makes them able to fight together in a, in a almost superhuman way. Um, yeah. But it's also part of what has kind of messed them up. Right. Oh, okay. it's, it's like, it's like the idea of somebody who was a normal person went to war and then comes back and, has a really hard time functioning in civilian life 
So, so is it good? Pretty, you, you like it pretty far so far? Yeah. You, you, what yeah. one or two episodes in, something like that? Um, it's still, it, I think it's airing week to week. So, I've only seen like four or maybe five. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm liking it. Ah, cool. I, I, I thought I, when I was out out west, it was all over the place, you know, advertising on every wall and subway and that's a thing. Yeah, that's a thing that Amazon Prime seems really good at, even if they are not very good at finding competent fantasy writers, uh, screenwriters. <laughs> um, they are very good at marketing their stuff all over their boxes, all over websites. Everywhere. And yeah. Yeah, they, they, they've got that down, down pat at this point. Um, I mean, that's that's Amazon, right? Their whole thing is like getting you to buy stuff. Yeah, uh, no, no, know who they are and go go buy it, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, that that's uh, that sounds cool. Something that, that I kind of want to kind of want. Yeah, it's, it's like sci-fi. So I, you know, it's sci-fi. It's it's based on a book, um, and yeah, I think uh, I'd say the only sci-fi thing, technically, I guess Wakanda Forever would be sci-fi, uh, right? Because it's like tech mm. and futuristic kind of tech type things right no grant right. superhero but um i can't think of anything right now that's sci-fi that out there i got well, sydney to there's there's avenue five. Oh, avenue five yeah that's more comedy though but yes <laughs> um the uh i got sydney comedy to sci-fi. agree to me last night because i've we I, what is it i was listening to you i had youtube on we were sitting just hanging out in the living room and she was playing around on her laptop and i was playing around on youtube watching trailers and things and uh i came across a girl that was playing like on her her uh, violin she was playing uh star trek uh themes right and they were all just okay. it's really pretty star trek has wonderful show themes right yeah yeah for sure. um and sid was listening to him and she was really appreciating them and i and i had commented i said i'm really surprised of all the things that you have gotten into and stuff that you haven't watched really gotten into any star trek because they would fit like her, I think they they would fit mm. her personality and and stuff. So and she she's like, yeah, you know. And then later on, I think that day or something, I said, hey, what what do you think about giving a Star Trek series a a, a, a try with me? Like watch a couple episodes and see what you think. Um, and I pick out something for. Her. She's like, yeah, you know, I could try to give it. I'll, I'll give it a try. So she was open to giving Star Trek a try. And I think I'm going to show Strange New Worlds to her. I think because I think that you don't need mm. to have a lot like. She, I'm sure, in the lexicon of pop culture, she knows the name Spock and Vulcan. But yeah, you don't yeah, need to know anything else, really. For for as kind of uh, homage to homage oh, isn't a word, but um, to the original series as Strange New Worlds is, it's really completely new. Like you can probably understand. You know, even later when Kirk shows up, like, she probably knows of Chris Pine Kirk, right? Yeah, maybe. Um, and the show still gives you all the information you need. Yeah. I don't right? think I, I don't think that that show has a lot of you, you, you know, oh, you need to know this character or whatever, even if they have them on there. Uh, like, they have his brother, Kirk's brother on there, mm-hmm. and they don't even bother to tell that. Or care. It's just he's just another guy, and his last name is Kirk, right? And and and, uh, and he's also a very minor character. And he's a minor character, right? Um, but same thing with Spock. Like, I think if you just watch that that show, if I just show her that show or 
show her that that um, TV show that um, she she I doesn't mean, need to know anything about Spock. It just if he's his if own anything, character. Yeah, if anything, the context for Spock in Strange New Worlds comes from Discovery. Discovery, correct? Like yes. right, like he starts the series, the season of Strange New Worlds, sort of mourning and and messed up from Michael Burnham, and. Yeah. It still eventually gets explained, but it's also something you could explain in 30 seconds. Like, yeah, yeah, there's another show. They did this thing. He has a sister. She disappeared into the future and Starfleet covered it up. And he's the only one who knows. Yeah. And, 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 and for Pike, because I, I re- recently rewatched because I had mentioned that I want to go back and watch it again. And I did rewatch the first episode of Strange New Worlds. Mm. And, and you can the only pretext I think there would need to know is just tell her, say, hey, this the first guy you're going to see is the, is this captain guy with a long beard and he just had seen his future, how he's going to die. And, right. and that's, and that's it. And just tell her that because, because he's troubled yeah. right at the very beginning. Yeah. Um, by, by, and it kind of haunts him. But besides that, that's the only backstory you need. And I think that's a good one. Uh, I don't want to show her the old stuff. We, we talked about, she and I talked about how when they, they were playing the, the next generation music, I think she mentioned like, that's the star Trek music. She knows. Right. Like she, she, she recognized that right away, you know, look, looked up from her laptop and said, Oh, this is Star Trek stuff. I said, yeah, yeah. Um, and I said, you know, that, that's my Star Trek from my generation and what I think of as Star Trek. I says, but I think now like Star Trek is discovery and, um, strange new worlds and Picard. I think those, those yeah, are I don't, current I, I, as much as I don't like them per se. I right. think that's, you know, I, strange um, new worlds, yes, I do, but. I don't think that a new viewer would would um, have a problem with the next generation. But I think if you're not, if you don't already have certain kinds of interest, um, I think the the datedness of it is just going to be really distracting. Um, I, I think so too. I also think yeah. like you can't watch the first season, and the second season is nope. kind of rough. So you'd yeah. have to start with these characters already established in season three. I wouldn't recommend anybody starting next generation season one. Um, it's just not that great. Um, no, and then like, like maybe, <laughs> maybe sit through encounter at far point just so yeah. you know who everybody is and then yeah. skip ahead to some good episodes. Yeah, Definitely. Like unless, unless you really want to do this, um, I would definitely watch next generation from a playlist right it's like when sure. um sure uh our buddy fox who's a big star trek fan especially of the movies he asked the group of us um which episodes if we could pick like a top five for him to show his son and his son is like 10 9 or 10 he might have been mm. eight when he when fox asked us um and we're like yeah so there's this one this one and this one like darmok inner light um a handful of others data's day yeah i still i still uh, think any of those are i think we might have said this before is that like without context you 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 we've talked you and i've talked about this at at length with your experience with was it deep space nine or voyager when you skipped through the series on the highlights and you and you, I, I think you you had mentioned that like you just you don't have context of people a lot yeah you know? yeah so there's some like 
yeah, I did that with both Voyager and Deep Space Nine because while those shows were on, I had no interest in them. And there's now so many episodes and so yeah. many, so much new stuff to watch that I'm like, I cannot sit through every episode of these old shows. But I do yeah. still want to kind of flesh out my person in as much as I remember those episodes now, which mm-hmm. is not much. Um, and um the 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 top five or top whatever is the wrong question and i don't think that's even what fox asked us he was like which five episodes or however many um because that's where i started with deep space nine and i'm sure i talked about this on the podcast Mm -hmm. i was like what are the top 10 episodes of deep space nine and one of the most popular ones is this one where nog uh quark's nephew the ferengi uh comes back from being near to some combat and he's walking with a cane right like he's limping and you're like oh he got injured but the doctor says there's nothing physically wrong with him it's psychosomatic i don't know if we still say that anymore but um and so he spends most of the episode in the holodeck like escaping reality for a while and then eventually um you know like works through his trauma and comes out it's a great episode but if you don't know nog or any other characters involved esri and whoever else like it it's meaningless yeah Um, exactly and so i was like okay i'm using the wrong google search here (laughs) what are the episodes like what's the recommended like i forget even how i searched for it but like which which episodes you know What's a newcomer's guide to... And there are several of these for a lot of shows. I think Den of Geek does several of them. They're like, here's how to get all of this show in 30 hours or whatever. And so it's like, instead of watching all, you know, 80 episodes, here are 35 that you can watch that'll give you the main arc, give you some of the best best highlights. Um, I think Max Temkin, uh, most maybe most well-known for for cards against humanity and now he does a podcast with merlin man um did the one for deep space nine and that's the one i followed and i did the same thing for yeah. uh, for voyager yeah I, th- I think that she and that's the way that you should see those old show star trek shows now i mean it's even harder to talk about like um the original series, it's, it's even because they, they, you know, they're, they're just uh, yeah episodic. And the thing about it too is it's episodic in, in nature. Uh, the moviegoers, nice thing... young moviegoers these days want to want to have some kind of through thread, you know, that that has something. Sure. And and you know, even if it's a small thing like Strange New Worlds, you've got the Doctor and his daughter, right? There's something to make you want to watch something next week, and not just because their their attention's so small. Even hours are so short that you'll watch an episode and say. That was good, but then not think about it again for three months because there's so much content and some other things to do. Mm-hmm. It's just one show, one time at one time. But um, you have to have something to pull you along to the next one. And I think Strange New Worlds does that. Granted, you don't need – we've talked about this. You don't need a full series-long stuff like Discovery. But if she likes Strange New Worlds, I think that she would be okay with going back and watching you know, Discovery. And that would be her kind of generation – expectations for casting and acting and storytelling and things like that. A much younger type thing. Again, I don't, I don't recommend it, but um, I would recommend it for somebody who's, you know, 16 to 25 um, for sure. 
I bet if she likes Strange New Worlds, she would probably like Lower Decks. Like for all of the maybe all of the the references and Easter eggs, the the core of the story of Mariner and and um, Boimler and Tendi and and Rutherford is still pretty uh, um, engaging. It it is, but I still think that first season is is so overwhelmingly next generation. Like everything that they do is, you know, when they're they're just every other line is mentioning another episode or something that they did or some other character that's, that's coming that's across true. things and 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 it 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 flattens out around season mid season two or so but uh yeah the that 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 might be but I I still think that she should watch some some next generation if she's going to do that but anyway just to see if she can get into a couple strange new worlds and like it I think I'd be happy with that um and and see sure. see what I do I do think that's something that she'll like and I'm and I'm glad that she's got that that kind of a Star Trek thing to, to watch. So, okay. So moving on though, um, away from Star Trek or we'll, we'll stay on here forever. Uh, <laughs> there is, let's talk about our movie of the week. Let's do it. All right. Um, this week we watched St. Vincent, which I do not have up in front of me, even though, it's uh, Bill Murray and his best his comedic 24... performance. Yeah, yeah. Bill Murray in his funniest performance of his entire career. Same thing with Melissa McCarthy. 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 Melissa McCarthy. And her most Melissa hilarious McCarthy. role. <laughs> I'm being yeah. facetious. And, and These Naomi are not Watts. Funny things, yeah. yeah, it's 2014. It's Naomi Watts doing her most convincing um Russian or maybe Eastern European accent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. I had forgotten she was in this until, until you had messaged me. And I was like, oh, who is she? Oh, yeah. I forgot because I had I only watched this. As I mentioned before, I had seen this before. I w- this was my recommendation to watch, but I'd only seen it once. Um, so I had forgotten all that. I, forgot, I even forgot that character. I forgot a whole bunch of this stuff um, that was in this thing. Uh, but I'll let you give your thoughts on it first. Um, what would you think? I really liked it. Um, I, again, just like um, the peripheral, I went into this with no expectations, no anything I actually thought in the first, like, 10, 15 minutes that he was maybe going to die. <laughs> sure, yeah, that's what you think. Huh? Be a be an angel or a ghost on finished business or something like that. <laughs> um because he, Bill Murray is the is the lead character here. He um, uh, has a pretty what, rough life. What, what's the what's the uh, synopsis? Would you say someone who's never, no one's ever heard this? Because like, this is not a really well known movie. I think. What would you say to our listeners? Like, what is Saint Vincent in a nutshell about? Um, so it's the story. It's it's a little bit like Up or. Um, uh, what else about a boy a little bit more so up i guess um it's a story of an old man who has just uh you know y- you don't know much it's a, a little bit like gran torino too mm-hmm. um it's an old man who meets a young boy and kind of becomes a better person um it's not a 
not a, well. <laughs> it's hard, it right? It's a little, it's a little hard. Because uh, um, I don't want to spoil it. The, the The summary I would say is it's an old man who has had a run of bad luck, um, meets a young boy, and through various and, and circumstances. And they're kind of forced together-ish. Yeah, he, he yeah. spends time with him, both of them kind of against their will or preference. Um, and he becomes a slightly better person and the kid sees, starts to see more de- And so does the audience starts to see a little bit of why Vincent Bill Murray's character is the way that he is. Yeah. And, and, and like an those other shows that you mentioned, like up and, and I thought uh, Grand Torino was a perfect example too. It's the, um, you know, you look at somebody and you just think of what they are, or they're a grumpy old man or whatever, and you don't you don't know mm-hmm. the whole story or the whole picture. And Melissa McCarthy's character, which she does a good role in this too, by the way, she's um, got a good acting role. She says she's kind of mad at him because he goes out and after they had won their money at the racetrack, and they go mm-hmm. get drunk, he takes and, him to the racetrack, he yeah, takes him to a bar, and he comes back and and she's like. Uh, She's like, you know, you don't tell. He's like, he, he, she yells at him and he says, what do you know about mm-hmm. me, lady? And she, and she says, nothing. That's the way you like it. You don't tell anybody anything about yourself. You're just mean that way. You don't have to, you know, feel bad about getting closer any, to, to anybody or letting anybody in or something. And that's exactly what, what he has. And then, you, like you said, mm-hmm. you, through the movie, you do see, you start, I think you just, the thing I liked about this here was that you just slowly start to see pieces of him. And he never becomes like, you know, real nice guy per se. He's just no, you know. And I love the last speech, right? Like, are we in spoilers here? Are we in spoilers? Uh, um, yeah, I'm gonna hit the bell. We're gonna talk in detail about the movie Saint Vincent. So if you haven't seen it, uh, please skip ahead because it's much better experience if you yeah experience again the 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 reveals as the movie plays out. Yeah, I, I, uh, it, it is one, it, it was hard for me. I do have it remember. And it was exactly what I remember is that it is, I, I told you it's one you have to pay attention to, right? You just can't like listen to it and have mm-hmm. it to the side. I mean, you, you can, but just like you said, you got to experience it. And I remembered that. And then even the second time I thought that I was going to be able to kind of like do the brief looking at it because I'd seen it before, but then I stopped and then just started kind of watching it. Um, mm-hmm. and I think the little boy was really good. Like whoever that, that actor yep. was yeah, or, or was coached well, you know, um, Melissa mm-hmm. McCarthy was given the director. I noticed gave good, like he gave them time to breathe, like to say their lines and to have em- emotions or face acting or whatever. Um, even the, 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 the pre the priest and stuff, you know, they all had time yeah. to act. Yeah. That's the guy from IT Crowd. Yeah. Um, Chris O'Dowd. Chris O'Dowd, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, 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 liked, I liked the experience of it. You know, he was always mm-hmm. kind of nice. And, and it had a, a few Bill Murray moments, but they weren't intentionally funny. Like, I love the, you know, he's laying, sleeping on, the, on a lawn chair in his backyard. And the kid comes by as he's mowing the dirt patch or the, the dirt in his backyard. Um, yeah. And and there's a, a great line that I had to stop and have Shelly come over and watch, just because 
he's sitting there and he wakes up and the mom comes home and she kind of kicks his lawn chair. She says, are you sleeping? And he says, yeah. And then she says, are you, are you drinking alcohol on that? And, and Bill Murray and his wonderful comedic timing sits for like five or 10 seconds, just kind of staring at her and says, you know, I have no idea. I can't even remember. <laughs> and like that's, that's just a, a Bill Murray line. Um, and Shelly said, I, I bet you he's, this is just like how he is in his old age too. He's just a grumpy old man. That's got some mm-hmm. funny, goofy things that he does. And I was like, yeah, I bet, I bet you're right. He's, he's not going to do any more Ghostbusters. He's not doing any more. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I um, dug, I dug the ending a lot. Like that was, that's a perfect Michael ending. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, I knew, you know, it's, it's one of those movies like a Hallmark movie where you're not, maybe not quite as bad as a Hallmark movie. Sure. Like, cause there's a death scare in there, right? As it unfolds, you start to see, you start to predict what's going on. Um, I loved all of the, the school, the classroom stuff. Mm-hmm. Where Chris O'Dowd as the as the priest slash teacher is like he's like oh we've got we've got a Buddhist an agnostic and I don't know which seems to be the most the fastest growing religion in the world and now <laughs> and and I think I'm Jewish which is a new one on me <laughs> um, right. And they start talking about saints, and they're like, person in your real life. And I'm like, okay, I know this movie's St. Vincent. I know the kid is going to pick him. And you yeah. start to see, more, like, by this point, you've seen most of the things that make Bill Murray's character a good person, despite right. all of the bad, really bad stuff that he does on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, like but then wife, still, the he does with his wife. With his wife. And then they still, like, they do this pregnancy scare. And like, even for me, I was like, what's going on with this? And then they pull up and I'm like, Oh, it's a ruse to get him in the school. Okay. That makes sense. Cause mm-hmm. like, there's no way that they could have like convinced him to go there any normal way. They had to trick him. And right. the kid gives this speech and he shows this stuff like from the beginning, when he's talking about him being in Vietnam and saving guys in his squad, I'm like, Oh man, damn it. This movie, freaking movie. It's bringing it all back around. You know, he's doing the stuff. He he says all the things. He makes the jokes. And I'm still freaking weeping um, (laughs) watching this movie. And uh, yeah. And then, and then, you know, it comes around to the ending where they're like, oh, the thing and the vegetables. And then he's out in the lawn, like singing along. (laughs) <laughs> not quite off key, not quite timed right. To just the whole song, I think, or almost it's the whole song off. of Bob Dylan. I mean, it's Bob Dylan. How do you sing Bob right. Dylan on key? Um, <laughs> and like simple twist of fate, like the whole song, like verse after verse, and he's going and he's sort of haphazardly spraying water around. He's lighting a cigarette and all this <laughs> and stuff. He's got that like cassette player that's strapped around his arm type thing. Yeah, yeah, his so, old Walkman so. and the over ear. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the but this movie, this movie does. It's the slow. It's it's not. I I don't want to say slow because that's a that's like a four letter word for for talking about movies. But it's that intentional kind of winning you over, and mm-hmm. when you start to lose face face 
faith in you know what's what's going to happen or anything else like that. They do a little shake up, and like when he has the heart attack, um, mm-hmm. or was it stroke. heart attack or the stroke, stroke like yeah. that. You know, they're getting to this part where the mom is is losing you know faith and she's all upset and she's mad at him and not sure if she should have it anymore. And he had the fight at school and they're, you know, the Vincent's withdrawing because he's, you know, losing all this money. And then he has this stroke, right? And he does a terrible thing by taking that money out of the kid's bank account. Um, And then he has this stroke. So and all of a sudden it brings everybody back together in this kind of, we actually care about you. And it it makes it feel like, oh, this is a family situation here. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it, that whole sequence is a montage, and he's still grumpy and mean yeah. to everybody. But you get that, um, even in a more like genuine, mature way than the opening sequences of Up, um, now you're seeing him be mean, but you understand that like part of that is just his personality. It's just part of how he copes with life. Right. Like it's it's just it's not um, it's not malicious. It's just how he, again, copes. It's just how he handles, you know, the day to day. Yeah. I I think we all know someone like that. Right. Like we all have an uncle or grandpa at Thanksgiving or something like that who's just kind of a crutchy old guy. He's out there smoking or something. Um and or you know a neighbor but you're you're still friends with them and you're still kind and cordial and talk or somebody somebody at church or something and um he he's like that and i think when those those moments hit in the movie it, it made you feel like yeah this guy's gonna be a jerk and he's gonna do some things and he's not gonna he's, he's gonna make quote-unquote mistakes um but because he's family he's hit this family level mm-hmm. um that that it's just gonna be the way it is right um, and I think that that started with that stroke is when the mom is talking to him as he's going in the MRI. Like she's like, you know, okay, Vince, you know, you're going to be okay. She's soothing him and comforting him. Like, you know, but has uh, Melissa McCarthy has like a little bit of worried look on her face. Um, and she doesn't have to be there, even though she's a nurse. Uh, and then the, the doctor's like, you know, he can't hear you with everything. And that right there, that scene, that short little kind of scene shows that even though they're angry with each other, they're family, not just neighbors. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and 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 he they they do that too with um, you know she's been crying. She's not crying, but she walks in and she's been crying after she got the served by her her ex. And he you know says uh, so what's the wa- what was the waterworks for? She's like oh it's a long story. And he says well what's the cliff notes? Like it's that it's that little bit like that he's even caring to ask. Is yeah. what fam- yeah because you've already see. seen him with her a couple times and with her son a couple times i don't need the whole story right yeah ask him a question they start talking he's like i don't need the whole story and then this time it's like there's genuine um empathy there's genuine like he's not he still doesn't want the whole story he's like what's the punchline give me the cliff's notes right he still wants to hear it right like he wants to know what's going on yeah, yeah yeah there is still um, humanity and compassion in him. Yeah. And, and there's, there, there's, this goes along with, uh, other characters in the the movie as well. Like the, the bully and him, they end up having a friendship. I, right? I like that. I like that he becomes friends with the, with the bully. I mean, that's, 
that's the common I'm and I'm sure that, you know, this is so common in media that it's become a trope, but right. that idea of somebody who bullies, especially a kid, is usually just venting anger from other areas of their life where they're powerless. Right. right? Yeah. Um and they're and, forced to like be in the scrubbing toilets and then they kind of yeah. are separated and, by a, a divider, but they're talking. The, the right? partition. And they still have um they still have this conversation that's like, you know, well, and then and then later the, the kid has a conversation with the mom, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I know that he cheated on you a bunch of times, but he's still my dad. Right? right. And the and the dad character is very minor. I don't know right. if he has more than a couple of lines. Um, right. But you're like, yeah, from the kid's perspective, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Which is yeah. just kind of a nice way they, they do that little thing in there. The, the, the lady of the night, his girlfriend kind of type thing, that whole thing there mm-hmm. too. You know, it's that the way they just slowly you know the the script makes her into part of the family type thing too you know there's yeah. when her and Oliver first meet he comes banging on the door and to tell him about the fight and she yells who are you and he's like well who are you and then they say their name and then um Vincent yells from the other room like lie to me and she's like stop yelling at me and then they come in and it's like this is just like you know dysfunctional family right here mm-hmm. exactly. he's going over to grandpa's house and they're yelling at each other and like yeah it, it, so a lot of that, I guess, was the was the the familiarity of having everybody has some kind of dif- dysfunction with their family or some family members that are a little off in the thing, and right. you get it, and and you get it. So, yeah. Uh, my my uh, roundup personally of this one was it's just as like I remembered it. I'm glad I watched it again. Um, I would recommend it to everybody. I I can't think of anyone I wouldn't recommend this to. Um, it's worth watching. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, even. Um, even to my parents who are, who are pretty, um, can be kind of squeamish about language and, uh, content like that. I think they would still, now that all of their children are adults, um, Uh (laughs) they've gotten a little less, uh, uh, militant about that. Um, I think they would probably still find something to appreciate in this story. Um, if at the very least that like everybody has a good side to them if you just look right yeah. um so yeah i'm i'm glad i remembered this one and put that on there okay so next week is yours we didn't like it plan for this one i guess uh to, oh, to man. think about it what you what, you, you got right. you got a list I, I did not i do have a long list so and now it is it is to be to be fair close to christmas time and we only have limited weeks for now, your christmas like it's, show it's no- thing it's November 7th, so calm down. It's not <laughs> that close to Christmas. Well, in, in, my kids, in my kids' parlance, we have only have two weeks until she leaves for Thanksgiving, and then two weeks after that, Dad, and it's Christmas vacation. and like, So, yeah, there, she's hyper on. Okay, so what, what, what do you got for us? All right. Um, do you want what – you, what are you feeling? Do you want something heavy? Do you want something significant? Do you want something dumb and light? Uh, gonna, man, I, either of all, because we watched something kind of, I guess, heavy-ish with St. Vincent, and we watched something Dumb and Light with uh, Weird Al. Um, Weird so Al you, you and, go, go yeah. for it, yeah. The, um, I'm up for anything. 
All Especially because right. it's this time of year when it's dark at night. Like we all get home now, and since the day, the daylight savings change, and it's dark outside, so now is a good time to watch movies at all hours. Of the day. How do you feel about a foreign language film with subtitles? Okay, let's do this. We're Wait. it's a Monday, so we've got a whole week. We're not recording late in the week. <laughs> it's or a Monday, like so it's not like oh, I've only got three days, and I'm gonna have to put it on while I'm at work or whatever. Okay, okay. Um, we're gonna watch a movie called Cinema Paradiso. Uh, Cinema Paradiso. This is an Italian film. Uh, I saw it in college in uh, in film appreciation. I don't remember much about it, though it is another maybe kind of story about uh, a young boy befriending an old man kind of thing. But it's it's one of those like kind of movies about movies kind of thing. Okay. Um, So we'll see. It's been like 20 years since I saw it, so I don't remember any details. And uh, we'll see how well it holds up. Excellent. Cool. You know, speaking of movies that hold up, of our 100 movie poster, it's been, it's, has it been over a year since we finished that? It's been over a year, right? Close to it? Yeah, because we called it the 2020 Challenge because the whole second half oh, of the poster right. was, was 2020. 2020. So it's been a while. Um, so I get to look back and kind of think about those and, you know, what, what movies I experienced and still stick with me today. I think that's kind of, I've always said in my opinion is the best movies to for a person is ones that you can remember them 10, 15 years from then. Like I remember that show and that was good. And you still want to watch it again. Um, of the hundred movie challenge, we watched a lot of movies. Um, I'm putting you on the spot here. Do you have one that you can remember that, like surprised you or that now today is out of the hundred that we watched that sticks with you. And you're like, I, I, that's what in my movies that that's made it to my like top 10 or something. And that's really, I'm really glad I watched that one. I, I can start off by saying um, 12 angry men. I think that 12 mm. angry men surprised me. I never knew about it. Didn't know it was such a thing. And it's one that I will watch again. I would watch it like, like a, at a Christmas time and you know, yeah, you watch a movie, you know, sit down and watch. I watch it every year. I think. Um, I right, like it so much. Right. Um, boy, that's a tough. Uh, let me glance over the list here. A lot of the <laughs> ones, a lot of the ones that I really enjoyed were ones that I already knew. Um, I know. I know you. I know you talk a lot. Not talk about, but you mentioned like Seven Samurai often. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's not see. often, but like it's something you reference now. Yeah. It's it's. To me, it's one of those kind of in the pantheon of like great movies. And had, um, I forgot, had you watched that one before, or is that the first time you watched it? I hadn't. No, no. Okay. Um, let's see. I mean, Twelve Angry Men is a really good pick because that was like we went into it with so little expectation, and then watched it, and we're like, this for everything it was for the, the like the almost bottle episode set and the emotions back for, for, for being something so old. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and I would never want them to, they probably have redone it, but like they, mm-hmm. they, there, there's almost no reason to, to redo that. Like you you kind of want the story to be, I want everyone to see it of any generation and not think, Oh, it's black and white. And it's old stuff. I, it's, that makes sense. Like, right. Um, you know, it's not, doesn't have a diverse amount of people in it, but that's almost the point of it. Uh, one of the one of the points in it, um, but I I would I would still say that you can watch that movie today as a brand new brand new movie and it's great. So 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think... Boy, this... <laughs> This list really is all over the place. There are a lot that were good, but I'm like, I wouldn't want to watch it again. Wouldn't want to sit through it again. Yeah, um, sure. Almost any of the Kubrick films um, fall into that category. Um, <laughs> almost like know, I did my dues. I, I did it. Yeah, like it. Uh, like Marion Max or Schindler's List uh, were both like, this was good, but I don't need to watch it ever again. Yeah, like I, I'm glad I watched The Shining, but I didn't really care to watch it again. Right, right. Um, I think Amelie held up better than mm. I expected. I mean, I wasn't expecting it to be bad, but it really was, yeah. um, you know, delightful little, uh, you know, quirky is a word we used to overuse a lot, but um, mm-hmm. definitely applies in that uh, in that case. I agree. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's a, that's definitely a good one. I, I liked that one. Um, uh cool yeah. okay that what else do we have and this week? and of course three idiots uh we mentioned when we watched oh yeah uh, i forgot about that yeah when we watched uh dead poet society we're like oh three idiots was a better version of this <laughs> um yeah that but that was foreign language right so you know it's with it's subtitles. indian yeah yeah, yeah. But that, that was good that was a good one too yeah um it's funny the dead poet society for Okay, cool. So I think that's most of what we've got this week. Um, but um, this weekend, I don't know if you'll have, to, I don't know where you're at or if you have time, but I know um, Wakanda Forever comes out, the new, the big Marvel thing. Um, mm. So I'm, I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't say the word excited to watch it. I am, I am, um, I'm excited to watch a, a, a big blockbuster movie in the theater. How's that? Um, okay. There just hasn't been anything in the last several months, really. That's in, when I, in what I have watched, I think I've gone and been a little disappointed or something. Um, yeah, nothing that's really scratched that itch. Yeah, as it were. So, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't go to the theater at all when I was in Indiana. Um, mm-hmm. So from the beginning of August until now, um, I, I still haven't. I might go out this weekend and try to. Um, and try to see that movie. Uh, yeah, and then so. and then after that is um, Avatar. Uh, Sydney was talking about how she's like, there's just not not a whole lot out there to to really watch. I'm like, yeah, it, it used to be that even in the slow times, there was maybe one or two weeks off where you wouldn't have like something interesting to watch. But really, this year this year has really been relatively light, I think. Um, and I know we're still recouping from. You know, the movie industry probably will never be quite the same, but they're still making a billion dollars on movies. <laughs> right, right. So, well, and and you also can't forget that a lot of the things that used to be sort of ho-hum, low-budget movies, like, um, oh, I always forget the name of this. I want to say As Good As It Gets um, with Jack Nicholson and Keanu Reeves and... One, like, um, oh, an older actress about the same, a contemporary of, uh, of, um, might be, I don't think it's Diane Keaton, but somebody around that generation, around the same age as Jack Nicholson. I saw that movie in the theaters. It's a sort of three-way rom-com about a young guy and an old guy. The old guy only dates younger women, like 30-year-olds. It's Jack Nicholson. And 
Keanu Reeves' character dates older women, and they both fall in love with the same older woman after Jack Nicholson has, like, a heart attack or something. Yeah. Um, that is... It's like, um... It's like The Lost City with, uh... With Sandra Bullock and, um... Uh, Channing Tatum, I talked about oh, a couple yeah. weeks ago. It's right. even... Like, there's, there's no chance that that movie, even adjusted for inflation, had a higher budget than The Lost City. It almost certainly had a lower budget. But I saw it in the theater. Um... All of that long rambling story to say those kind of movies that used to go to the theaters all the time are streamers now. They're on on Netflix or Amazon Prime, Disney Plus. Um, That's true. Whatever. And so there's just less stuff in theaters because they're like, I assume that for the studios, like we can do this and we can pay so much of our budget can go into distribution and all of this and we'll get kind of middling numbers or we put it on Netflix People will watch it at home, and it'll be fine. Um, not it'll be fine. They'll make money on it. Yeah. We, we, you know, this year we've had things. We have had a few standouts, but they've just been dotted throughout. Like we, Top Gun was this year, and and also one of my top favorite movies, which is um, Everything Everywhere. Everything Everywhere, year. I was going to so say. It's, yeah. it's not like it's been completely bereft, but it's just, you know so kind of breadcrumby through and then when you get like oh it's next for the next breadcrumb then you get a thor and you're like Ugh, it's not not great you know um right they so, clearly spend know, a lot of money on it but that doesn't mean that it's that doesn't good. mean a lot right uh so we've got uh um the next marvel thing and you know marvel's marvel needs something to pick it back up so we'll we'll see how this whole um um uh, new hero villain type person coming in uh, will be with uh, Namor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and that's, and also we'll find out the new Black Panther, hopefully. Uh, but that happens. And then after that is, like I said, Avatar, the first of the four movies. Uh, my prediction is that I've said last week that the mom dies in the first 20 minutes. That's my prediction. Mm-hmm. Um, she, I mean, poor, uh, the can't think of her name, the actress who plays her. She, she was the only one that did the entire movie in that first one where she was just CGI. She never actually had her person. And oh, she's yeah. done all the Guardians movies with all the makeup. And she's a pretty good actress outside of that. Um, yeah. Um, so I'm sure she didn't want to do like two years full of that kind of mocap stuff. But yeah, her name is right on the t- It's Gamora. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. So she, she, uh, um, and I know, I remember that during all the interviews for Avatar, she was very much like a, hits was very painful and arduous and a lot of stuff. And it was hard to do uh, and stuff all over your face. And um, so she, it wasn't like she was glowing reports on, on uh, doing that, shooting that movie. Not that it was a, she didn't think it was a bit good, bad movie, just her acting. In it. And I'm sure when they filmed all these back to back to back, uh, she was like, probably, uh, you know, write me out the first one. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, especially, um, kind of like the Han Solo especially thing. now that, that, that so much of her career has been doing Gamora, which is probably not as arduous as doing a lot of mocap stuff, you know, the technology there. And, um, but then, you know, that level of makeup work is the kind of thing where, you know, you spend a couple hours at the beginning and end of the shift in hair and makeup. And then mm-hmm. a few hours 
I mean, probably more than a few hours filming. Um, and so you'd like big chunks of your day just sitting in a chair, having people put paint on you and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and, and like, in the end the day, they're not actually seeing you and your your own face, right? Yeah, or, yeah. So I don't blame her at all for wanting to uh, get sort of fritched or sidelined in this. Yeah, and, and I don't know if that's going to happen, but I have a strong feeling with it. Um, this first one has, I, it looks like it has a lot to do with the kids. If it's going to be four movies, I'm certain it's going to be one of those like journey of the kids through their lives type stuff as they get into adults and go on to the next movies and next movies. Cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, that so sounds interesting to me. That does not sound fun, right, in general. Um, but uh, the Cameron has said a weird thing. He said a couple things about it. He said one is that um, it's the same villain throughout the entire series. Um, and it's the same ones in the first one, like that military guy, that actor, oh, he's the yeah. same one in all four of these next ones too. Um, they, he's a Navi, I guess, or, one, or he's a, he's an avatar. And the way they okay. kind of s- set it up is that he was, um, uh, they put memories of military, like great military leaders into the cloned bodies of these Navi things. So he's kind of cloned back. Um, and so he's, he's one main villain, I guess it's all the way through. And Cameron also said that he wrote every movie to be like, you don't have to watch another one to watch this one. So it's not like one story. They're kind of episodic. Um, which I don't know what to think of that, yeah. but okay. they're all filmed at the same time and they're all one kind of story, but they're not, who knows that all, that all sounds fine. Yeah. Fine. Yeah, we'll see. It the first one made a billion dollar or still has the most money ever made. Um sure. I still don't haven't figured out why. And it was fine. My kid really, really likes it. Both my kids love really, really like it. Um so yeah, we'll see. It's 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 gonna make a lot of money. One it's of Cameron. The, one of the things in that conversation of like top grossing whatever, I think one of the things people fail to take into account, or at least I used to, um, is longevity. Right, yeah. like uh, thing got re-released like eight James, times. Yeah, James Cameron brought Avatar back after Avengers Endgame so that it could come back. You know, it could cross back over the top. And one of those movies adjusted for inflation is uh, not Sound of Music. What's the um, Gone with the Wind? Or? Gone with the Wind. Um, and. One of the main reasons Gone with the Wind is on that list is because it was in theaters forever. Like forever. Right? I don't. I. I don't know. I don't have the information in front of me, but I think from what I've heard, like months and maybe years, like there weren't other movies, I or it was it. so popular they kept running it in theaters again. And so yeah. those numbers add up, and you become. It's why people talk about like opening weekend numbers <laughs> because it's a finite amount of time. Otherwise. You just do James Cameron and bring Avatar, roll Avatar out again um, to do one yeah. more show like Elvis. And uh, that that's funny because yeah, we said we we've also said multiple times when this, on the same topic with money and movies is that also there's that factor that nothing else good is out at the time, right? So right. everyone goes and sees right. this one movie. And I was just saying how there's been nothing out for a long time that's been really interesting or to get people to go, and now Cameron's going to release another Avatar movie. It's mm-hmm. like perfectly set up for him to do the exact same thing. He's the one right. semi-decent movie 
that everyone can go watch probably in December, January, February, and March. Watch. Ugh, of course. Of course it will be. <laughs> um, and there's nothing really competing with it except for Wakanda Forever. Ugh. All right, we'll see. You know, I, I like big I like movie experiences. I'm fine with that. You know, movie we'll we'll see how it is. And the first one was just Dances with Wolves, basically. Um Right. So right. We yeah. should watch Dances with Wolves. I was listening to podcasters talk about that recently and like I've that. actually seen that movie more times than you might you might realize i've seen it a lot of times too and it's probably you know it's kevin costner so it's probably a little cheesy now after all these years but it was kind of mm-hmm. the first of these like let's tell this story of the west and the native americans in a different light in a less um exploited white centric yeah. yeah um um yeah. we watched it like in eighth grade they took us to the movie theater the entire eighth grade class to go watch it which was nice pretty crazy it was yeah it was awesome um it, the reason i had watched it watch is mom had it on vhs tape and because we didn't have cable yeah. we watched movies over and over again and that's the one that she would always have on all the time so i have watched yeah, that my, movie my parents had a fancy like collector's edition of that movie and like Whoa, wow, the soundtrack a... on cd when we got a cd player and <laughs> but yeah i could I, that's not to say i couldn't watch it you know me i, I watch m- movies multiple times again and get a lot of it right. and i have not watched that one in many years so yeah that's one we can put on our list and and watch again i'm sure it holds up but okay. you never know yeah yeah you never know remember i thought All highlander right. held up uh, yeah yeah that's and i'm sure and for I, some people it still does but <laughs> it does not it does not they are wrong i'm just gonna say that right now <laughs> it does not hold up Okay, cool. All right, we're good. We won. We won the day. Yay. Yep, yep. We're running along. So, uh, what do I say? You've been listening to The Front Porch. This is episode 270. Thanks, as always, to our friends at LRM Online. You can check them out. They have reviews on things. If you want to reach out to us and tell us your favorite old movies that you are sure hold up, even though everybody now says they are horrible, cheesy. Not Highlander. Garbage, like the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. Uh, you can email us at frontporchpod at gmail.com. Or if you're not into email, you can go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com, and use contact forms there to reach out. Uh, if you enjoy the show, please consider subscribing on the podcast of your choice. And while you're there, if you would leave us a review, we always appreciate that. It helps us out a lot. Thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the Front Porch. Night, everybody. See you next time.